I had one of my books rejected by over a hundred agents and publishers because they said, oh, there's too much God in it. Take the God out and we'll take it. Or from the Christian publisher saying, oh no, you can't, you can't have a book about a sex worker. That's no, absolutely not. You got to take that out. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer and the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world. And sometimes, actually all the time, it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Welcome to another episode of These Moms Write. Today I want to share a conversation I had with Allison Wells. Allison is a mother of four who writes what she describes as gritty Christian fiction. She has four traditionally published titles in this genre and is now branching out for the first time as well into sweet, clean romance with her first self-published novel, Two Princes. I reached out to some mom writers on Facebook and Twitter to ask them, what is Christian fiction? I really like this comment from Tristan Tuttle, who describes it as sweet romance with some kind of moral dilemma woven through. This description definitely describes the majority of titles in this genre, but spoiler alert, Allison is not your average Christian fiction writer. And in this episode, she shares how she has really pushed the boundaries in this genre. If you've ever dismissed Christian fiction as not your thing, today's episode may just change your mind and have you looking twice at what is possible in the genre of Christian fiction. Without further ado, please welcome Allison Wells. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So I know you write, you know, gritty Christian fiction. I can't wait to learn what that means. But um, what are you most excited about? Yeah, right now I'm expanding a little bit and I'm moving into some sweet romance that I'm going to be self-publishing, which is new to me. And it's a totally new world that I do not understand in any way whatsoever. So I am trying to learn that. I should have at least two books out this year and one planned for next year. I don't know if there'll be any more in between, but um, so that big. And so I'm trying to learn all the ins and outs of how to do that without a publisher behind me, which is the only way I've done it so far. So this is new territory for me, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to learn um, more ins and outs of the publishing world. And what made you decide to make that change then? Because you have uh, like four books published already. Yeah, I have four books published. Two, the last two are with Monster Ivy Publishing, whom I adore, but they have a very specific niche. And I, not that I'm moving away from that, but what I'm working on right now doesn't quite fit in with that niche. And I was approached by a couple of different authors to work on some anthologies with them. So it would require me to self-publish some books. So it was just seemed like a natural progression. And, and I'm hoping I can have something come back out with Monster Ivy in their edgy clean niche, but uh, we'll see, just see what happens. Okay, well, tell me more about your your niche, the gritty Christian fiction. I know nothing about Christian fiction. A lot of times people think Christian fiction and they think everyone is perfect. Everything ties up neatly with a bow at the end. You know, the biggest issue is, is generally a struggle of faith, which, you know, Christian fiction, it generally is. But I wanted to explore something that was more true to life. Even as Christians, people 
have issues. We all have sins. None of us are perfect. We don't have, you know, like the big bake sale is not the biggest issue in our world. So <laughs> with my books, I, um, I address uh, rape, teen pregnancy, prostitution, war, you know, family strife, things like that, because that's what we really face in day-to-day life. And I think it's a matter of how we handle it that matters. So I really wanted to work on something that shows that struggle that we all have. And with a Christian slant on it is having the faith to overcome whatever it is, whether it's a teen pregnancy, an abusive husband. So one of my main characters is a prostitute. It's things like that, that happen to real people and that are dirty and not something that's easily overcome. Now, what do you mean by that word dirty? So I don't mean graphic. That's what a lot of people, when I say gritty or dirty, they think I'm talking graphic. They think I'm talking explicit scenes. Mm. Totally not what I mean. I just mean things that, you know, writing about a prostitute, not something that you would think about with Christian fiction, someone who sells herself. And it's not something that she wants to do. It's not something that she's proud of. It's something she wants to get out of, but that's her life in that moment. And, And she has that struggle of what you see in the story, nothing graphic, but you see her go into the room with someone. The door closes, you don't see what's happening, but you know what's there. You know, she comes out with with a black eye or something of that nature. And and so you know what's going on. It's not pretty, you know? Yeah. And that's something that's not always addressed in in Christian fiction in the genre as a whole. Yeah. A lot of times it's just very sanitary. I hate to say, you know, it's just too neat and too surface in terms of the the tension that, or the drama that's happening inside of the story. Mm -hmm. And what drew you then to, to this genre? How did you get started in this area? Uh, That is a great question. Um, I just kind of wrote what came to me on my book, Bell of the Night, which is the one about the prostitute. It actually came about, I was researching New Orleans for what was, I was hoping was a trip. I still have never been there, but I was hoping was a trip. And I came across this photographer and he took photos of the women in the wet red light district of New Orleans. And I came across this one particular photo and I thought, who is this person? These are people who lived at this point over a hundred years ago and they've been forgotten. And who are they? And who, you know, this one particular girl drew me in and I thought, who is she? What is her story? And I mean, I already knew what her profession was, but I really just like, I'm, I'm not a Hallmark movie type of person. And because they're just too surface, they're too, I understand when the, the bakery closes, it's a tragedy for the family, but you know, I wanted to get something a little bit deeper, a little more life or death. And did you grow up like surrounded by Christian fiction? Like the... No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I um, I ended up marrying someone who was a strong Christian. And so I kind of got engrossed into that world um, in terms of the music and the books and things like that. I was encouraged greatly by a Christian author, Liz Curtis Higgs, who, gosh, 15, 20 years ago, I emailed her after reading some of her books, and she emailed me right back and was very encouraging, telling me, you know, if she could become an author, anyone could become an author. 
And that kind of is what made me sit down and say, okay, I can do it. And uh, it took 15 years almost to get the first book that I wrote published, but it happened. Yeah. Like you, so you came into it almost with fresh eyes because you hadn't grown up around it. Uh, but right. then in your adulthood, you discovered this world of like Christian cultural products, I guess, the right. music and then the book. So that's kind of cool. Right. You could bring like that fresh set of eyes to it. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where the gritty side of it comes from for me, because a lot of it is, is so clean. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you know it's sanitary. like it's just very glossed over mm, right. um, and made to look as absolutely perfect and beautiful as possible. And that's just not how life is. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. You know, so that was something that was really important to me to show that life isn't always beautiful. And even if you were raised in a church setting, you're, you still have things go wrong. You still make wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. And then I imagine now that you're living in a, a Christian household that you have a lot of like understanding of like what would resonate with that audience. Working on it. It's always a work in progress. It's hard because I think there's a certain expectation, a certain standard that's held within the community of Christian readers and writers, as well as people who aren't necessarily Christian readers and writers who automatically, when they hear the term Christian, automatically put a, a certain box around it that they mm. expect you to fit into. But it, it's definitely, you know, a work in progress in, in all aspects in terms of my, my home life and what I'm writing as well. It, you know, there is no perfection happening by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's always just striving to do what we feel is best in our day-to-day -day life and in what I write. So we talked about, you know, how, how you're sort of bucking the trend against the genre as a whole. But And so what do you see as some of those misconceptions about the genre? Like, what are some questions that you get from, from writers when they find out or people in your life? They're like, oh, you write Christian fiction. What, what happens next? Yeah. So a lot of it is thinking that it's that there's no no real problems that there's no temptation. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, one of the first things in the first book that I had come out, in the first book that I wrote, it, it centers around two young adults who fall in love, and there's some groping that happens. And my publisher was like, "Oh no, you got to take that out." And I'm like, "You're telling me that 18, 20 year olds, no matter how they're raised, aren't?" groping each other like that it's gonna happen you know yeah. regardless of what type of home they live in what time how they grew up you know that that human nature just kind of takes over and things happen I didn't feel like it was overdone I didn't feel like it was dirty you know or mm -hmm. or inappropriate uh so that was something that I kind of fought against and I don't even remember because that was a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly now what we ended up happening, but um, mm -hmm. I think maybe there was like a start and then like a no. And that, you know, but I was like, the, yeah. uh, in one of the other books, there's a, a teen pregnancy. And, you know, people are like, oh, you can't have that in a Christian fiction. Why not? It happens all the time. You know, <laughs> exactly. it, it's, it's life, you know, yeah. no matter how you were raised, no matter how you grow up, no matter what your beliefs are, especially when you're, a, a teenage girl or guy, you're going to do things that maybe you shouldn't do. And you realize later on, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It doesn't matter how you were raised. So I have a lot of people who tell me, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. Um, I had one of my books rejected by over 100 agents and publishers because they said, oh, there's too much God in it. Take the God out and we'll take it. Or from the Christian publisher saying, oh, no, you can't you can't have a book about a sex worker. That's no, absolutely not. You got to take that out. And I was like, well, 
that's, that's <laughs> the, the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I, it so what happens? I, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so that's, that was the first book that I had picked up by Monster Ivy and they really believed in it. Uh, and, and they were a godsend for me because they believed in my book and they didn't want me to change the fundamentals of what the story was. So mm. um, I was really, really glad that someone finally, it took several years, but. Oh, did it? Wow. Was, yes. Yeah. That uh, probably eight years of, of sending it out. To get it out. Yeah. Of wow. It out. So, That's amazing. Um, and you just kept at it. Yeah. And it was, you know, I'd looked at self-publishing, but at that point in time, it wasn't quite as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be able to get it out to a larger market than I would I be able to do on that. They've they've been great to work with. And just glad they believed in my story. So is that their uh, genre, Christian fiction, or are they like the owners are Christian, but it, it's clean. Their whole their whole thing is edgy, talking about kind of those some of those like taboo subjects. They also do a little bit of paranormal fantasy things, but that are all clean. There's no cursing. There's no gratuitous sex scenes or anything like that. Right. So they were kind of, uh, they're open to like something that was pushing the boundaries a little bit. Yes. Push, yeah. Pushing yeah. the envelope. That's the word. That's the metaphor. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, I mean, I'm just so impressed that you kept true to your vision. The query process is disheartening for many, but that you could, you know, not give up on it. And just until you found that right publisher, that's great. That's some perseverance. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And it, it, it paid off. It paid off. And so since then, you've been writing in that in that area with that publisher with your other three books? Um, I had two books come out with a publisher called Ambassador International, which is a Christian publisher. And they did mm. my first two books. And then Monster Ivy has done Bell of the Night and Living Water. The, the first publisher, I think this, my stories were a little too risque for what for what they were wanting. Uh, which was fine. It worked well for two of my books, but not so much the other two. And mm-hmm. I, I was very happy with the experiences I had with both of them. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, definitely have counted the people who work there amongst my friends now. And my editors from both publishers are are wonderful, wonderful people who have helped me out tremendously over the years. So yeah, that sounds like you got a right fit for for both ones. And and what what's the Christian um, fiction author community like? Uh, it's very encouraging for the most part. I say what got me started all together was writing an email to Liz Curtis Higgs, one of my very favorite authors. She wrote a trilogy based on uh, it's a fiction, but based on the the story of Isaac with Rachel and Leah in the Bible. He marries both sisters, and that's where the twelve tribes come from. If you're not familiar with the story. I'm um, not. I'm like, what? Sisters? So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Bible's full of things that you wouldn't think of. But so he, she wrote this story into a fiction in um, like 18th century Scotland. And I love the book so much that I emailed her and she immediately emailed me back and was very encouraging. Said, you know, if she could write, then, then I could certainly do it. And I sat down and started writing. And that was amazing to have someone who's willing to just reach out and, and talk to me about it. And, and I've since done that with a couple of authors, which has been really fun to mm-hmm. work with people who are just getting started and talk them through the process and what the, you know, from start to finish, from writing, from opening up a Word document and going, I'm going to write a book to having it published and doing book signings and speaking at different events and things like that. 
uh, they're very encouraging, very helpful. They're always great communities like on Facebook and, and other social platforms where they're willing to share your successes. So that's always wonderful. And I, I find that's true in most of the writing community. There's no real competition. Even if someone is writing the exact same genre as you and the same trope as you, they're more than willing to share your work and to cheer you on. And that's, I think, one of the best things about the writer community is that there's not really competition between writers. It's always encouragement and trying to help a writer be the best that they can be. Yeah, absolutely. Say if someone's listening and then they were interested in writing Christian fiction for the first time, are there certain, like I know with romance, there's very specific components that need to be in there. Is that the same with Christian fiction? Yeah, absolutely. You, if you're writing romance, you need to have a happily ever after, or at least a happily for now. If you're writing paranormal, which they call speculative fiction in the Christian world, instead of paranormal, oh. they call it speculative. Okay. Um, but you, you'll have... Uh, you know, angels and demons, or someone might have certain powers. And I would say mm. the only thing that would make something distinctly Christian is whether or not it agrees with what is in the Bible and not doing, you know, I would say the devil doesn't win if you've got angels and demons in your story. You know, you, you want the the good guys to be the winners and you want the truth to prevail. And, and by, I mean, truth as in big T truth, which would mean the, uh, biblical view that a person holds would have to be what would prevail at the end. So. Oh, so that doesn't sound like that much different. So the, no, just, no, it's that, really not the good, good, but is there a queer Christian, Christian fiction? Is that the um, genre? Does that not, not make sense? Really? <laughs> I'm sure in indie publishing, it's out there. Uh, you just like, there's everything out there. I do fully believe that you can have a queer Christian. That does not, you know, wouldn't phase me at all, but it does phase some people. It's definitely not something that is, I would call typical in the world of Christian fiction, but, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's changing. Like, like you said, maybe at one time it was all like pretty, I don't know, for some reason I'm, I keep thinking of the babysitters club. <laughs> yes. Just very tame. Very, yeah. They're, yeah. They're just so perfect, you know, but sounds yeah. like it's it's changing now you know the fact that there is this sub genre called gritty christian fiction and so as things change so too yeah, does I'm, yeah yes i'm hopeful that it will come around to be a bit more encompassing and a bit more to where a non-christian would pick up a book and you know, still mm -hmm. enjoy it and even if it even if there's no life-changing event that happens for them over the course of reading the story, but they'd be able to pick it up and enjoy it and, and say, yeah, that was, that was a great story. And whether it makes them ask questions or go to church or whatever, like that's not my, that's not my objective personally, but I, I just want it to be my stories to be enjoyed and mm -hmm. have an overall message of redemption at the end of it. Totally. Is that though, I hadn't thought about that, but is that a, a, a subtext for, the genre as a whole, that it's sort of the intention is to make people want to go to church? A lot of it, well, it, not necessarily just go to church, but to have the relationship with God mm. is, a, is a big part of it. And yeah, that is a big subtext. And I felt like with writing, um, some of them, you, especially when I was younger, I wrote, say I wrote the first one 15 or so years ago. So I was a good bit younger myself. 
And it was big in my head that I needed to do like, you hear the term like Bible beating. And so I kind of felt like I needed to do that with some of my writing, you know, and, and make people believe I need to get them to change their minds if they weren't already a Christian. And I've kind of loosened up on that. I, I you know, mm. realize that that's not my goal. My goal as a writer is to entertain. Mm. And if it makes someone say, oh, you know what, maybe I do need to talk to my neighbor who goes to church or, mm. you know, maybe my uncle Bill, you know, was right when he said X, Y, Z or whatever you know, then that, then that's great, but that's not my ultimate goal. My goal is to entertain and do so in a clean um, way without the cursing, without the gratuitous explicit scenes or anything like that. Yeah. It's interesting. It makes me think like maybe all books they'll have like a subtext. It's just with, it's more explicit with Christian. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it is to in, in, entertain, but aren't we always like, don't we always have like a message that we're trying to get across through our writing right. that right that we're not like explicitly stating this is about being okay with the being a crappy mom which is like the thing i'm working on right now yes i, I totally agree as i'm watching my children walk up the stairs in front of me looking at me like what are you doing so, yeah yes absolutely <laughs> well that's exciting it's kind of cool to like get more into what it means to be writing in the christian fiction genre and like I love that you're sort of like pushing mixing things up a little bit I think a lot of it is really the point is entertainment as mm. it is with most any fiction book and of course as you were just saying there's always a point whether the point is uh love trumps all or always ask questions or you know things mm. like that never never settle there's always those fine points that are are being made by writers but i think with christian fiction it, it's very much the same as any other genre of fiction i mean you still have you have christian thrillers you have the christian paranormal you have a christian romance you have you know, the mystery you have all of those things they just have a biblical slant on it and so whether you choose to look past that or or not you know i think you can still enjoy the story Mm -hmm. Most of the time. I can't say that's a blanket statement, but but in general, it's something that you can enjoy regardless of your own personal. Yeah, totally. And so 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 you mentioned earlier that you're now moving into self-publication because you want to, you know, maybe move into a different genre. Can you tell tell us more about what that means? Um, so I was asked by a group of authors to work with them and I'm using the term anthology in that I, I feel like that's the totally wrong term to use, <laughs> but it's a group of about 15 authors who are working on a series of everyone writing a novel that kind of goes along totally different characters and all that, but kind of follows the same, the same point, um, uh, so you have, um, and they're all, they're all romance. They're all supposed to be sweet romance. So you've got a, you know, the, the guy that's the confirmed bachelor or the girl who's, uh, you know, all of her friends have gotten married and she's just left alone type of a thing. So uh, I was asked to join in on those. And that was something that I've never done before. And I was kind of feeling stalled out with my gritty Christian. Mm. Um, uh, I, I've been working on something and just having a hard time with it. And I was like, let me change mm. gears for a little while and see if, you know, 
if that kind of helps get my juices flowing a little bit more. And so I, I've really kind of taken off in that. I should have the first Sweet Romance book come out in March. And it just made sense to self-publish instead of attempting to find a publisher again that would fit into that. You know, there's so many romance authors out there and so many different books and tropes and, and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, what, let me just put these out on my own. Uh, see see what happens and it's kind of a big experiment but I'm really excited about it and excited to see what what happens and and trying to figure out how to do all this on my own I said it's really more of an educational thing for me to figure out just what it takes because I've never had to do it on my own before so yeah that's exciting you're trying something new and mixing things up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's sticking with something that I think would be an easy natural progression for me as a writer. Yeah, that makes sense because you have now the advantage of having built up this following with your four books. So trying something new, but something that would still appeal to your followers. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Or have you completed this manuscript or you just Yes, I have finished it. It is with my editor right now, but I've got all the cover art done and the, the back blurb and all that stuff. So mm. I'm just waiting. And I think I'm ready to go. I really, wow. this is I'm, this is what I'm learning. I'm like, I don't know what to do next. And I ha have a great writer's community around me who's helping me out. And but I'm going, what do I do now? You know, and they're like helping me lay it out step by step because I am definitely, uh, I definitely have a learning curve ahead of me. I really have no idea what, what I'm doing. I'm making it up as I go and hoping mm -hmm. it works out. Just do it and ask your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, like I said, the really the writing community has been beyond helpful and supportive, and I really can't can't say enough about the people that have uh, I've surrounded myself with and who have willingly been drawn into my circle. Um, yeah, well, that's exciting, and you have children, so how are you, you? You seem quite prolific with the writing. Like, how do you manage to juggle all of that? Like, how many children do you have? I have four. Whoa. Four kids. They are, yeah. <laughs> the youngest is six, thankfully. So I, I don't. I'm not dealing with diapers anymore or or things like that. And they are all at school uh, when it's not snowing. So mm. We had snow this week in the south, and we don't do snow in the south. So <laughs> you do sweet been, tea, a, right? Yes, that's what's in my cup. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't do snow. So school has been canceled because of snow right now. <laughs> So that that's been fun. It's that's been a little difficult, but in general, they're all in school now, which is great. My youngest is in mm -hmm. first grade. My oldest is in high school. And I said, right now, they're I don't know what they're doing, but they're leaving me alone. So that's all I can hope for. It it, it did take me a long time though. I started writing my first book in two thousand five. I had my daughter in two thousand six, my oldest, mm -hmm. and it took a long time. I didn't have my first book published until uh, twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. So. It, it took a long time. Uh, oh. One, just to have the courage to send my stuff out mm. to agents and publishers. You know, writing it is great, but no one's going to read it unless you put it out there. And that's hard to do, uh, especially with lots of rejections. Um, but in terms of with kids, yeah, they're, they're very helpful. They're very supportive. They, uh, my husband is really good at keeping them out of my hair. He's a, a great partner who helps with the cooking and the cleaning and um he's building me a shed out back right now that's going to be my office which is amazing and what? i cannot wait for it to a be she ready. shed you have a she yes. shed 
Yes. I'm, I'm calling it the paperback palace. Oh, um, nice. I know. Right. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that, but that'll just give me a place. Like right now I'm set up in our dining room and I just kind of make it look good. Oh yeah. I, I thought that I do was video. an office. I was, I was um, convinced. It's, it's my dining room. <laughs> um, so, you know, I say there, mm. there's kids sitting over here eating bowls of cereal next to me, so. but they're really good about it. They, they, I don't, I, I have a daughter who thinks I'm horribly embarrassing. And then I have three sons who don't give a look. So, oh my God. I love um, it. They're just like, Oh, mom's an author, whatever. So, um, <laughs> and then my daughter thinks it's embarrassing that I have written anything relating to, to romance, even though my books are not necessarily romance, but they're, you know, yeah. Yeah. My son thinks everything I do is garbage also. So it's very can reassuring to hear that your daughter feels that way i was like did i raise an asshole or yeah yeah she's she just turned 15 and she's just like mom stop talking about like i got a tiktok and she's like mom why do you have a tiktok you know and i'm like so i can get in the book talk community and yeah my books and she's like mom no you know so she's horribly embarrassed which i love but i love to embarrass her so, yeah, of course you do. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, my son's 12, so he's almost a teenager. And the embarrassment pleasure has already started. It's so easy. Yeah, yeah. And my boys don't embarrass that easily. Um, oh. My daughter, but they're all very outgoing. My daughter is quite shy and reserved. And mm. so she is definitely the one who gets embarrassed easily. But I, I'm the mom who rolls down my window at school and starts yelling, I love you, honey. <laughs> right there. You know, and I, I do that to my boys and they're just like, Whatever. you know, and she's like, oh, no. so um, it's the best. I love doing that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you should put her friends' names in your books. Good. I'm gonna write that down. Good. <laughs> Put her friends in my books. My pen's not working. Yeah, but I, and, and I've certainly, of course, put people I know into books. But yeah, that that would be great. She would love that, right? I love it. I mean, she would hate it, but yeah, exactly. But that's what we're going for here, Allison. <laughs> okay, so what about well, there's one other thing we haven't talked about is your your podcast, Monster Ivy League. So that's the publisher now. Yeah, so uh, myself and two other authors started a podcast. We just decided that we would start it up, and it's uh, myself and Sarah Jo Clough and Christiana Sperlia, and we all write different genres, and we're, um, we have a variety of ages. Uh, Sarah Jo and I are about the same age. We're both old enough to have teenagers, and, um, <laughs> and our dear Christiana is a whopping 22 years old. And, um, and so we have a great, we have great chemistry together, but we also have such a variety of uh, takes and opinions on what's going on with writing, with writing different genres and different, um, we're at different spots in our publishing journey and then different ages that we're at. So it's been a lot of fun to glean, uh, wisdom from each other with our podcast makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. That's the theme, I guess. What piece of advice would you give to yourself? Um, I'm going to pick and I'm going to pick a year. That's the magic. I'm going to okay. say, um, so 2000 and I think it was 2002. No, 2006 was when your daughter was born, right? Yes. 
So um, what, what advice would you give her, or not her, sorry. Okay, what advice would you give 2006, Allison, based on what you know? Uh, wow, that's a great question. I think I would tell myself to just never give up, especially when it comes to writing. Because it works with everything, parenting and marriage and everything else is that Sometimes it's going to be a drought in terms of your creativity, in terms of feeling like every day is the same thing over and over. I think all moms understand that. And just keep going. Don't give up. Keep pushing through no matter what it is. Keep pushing through because the phases will turn from one phase to another phase. And whether it's parenting or writer's block or anything really in life is to just push through, keep going. And, and the only time you fail is if you give up. Mm. Yeah. That's a solid piece of advice. It's a safe piece of advice too, but it, it works. But I think it really um, speaks volumes given what we know, what we've learned about you of, of like that you really persevered through those eight years of getting uh, rejections about for your your novel with the, the sex trade worker but you you know you didn't let that stop you you kept going till you found a home so right. good reminder and yeah. where can people get in touch with you um you can get in touch with me on my website alisonwellswrites.com or i'm on instagram and tiktok as what allison said or pretty easy to find on Facebook or I don't really do Twitter. Please don't contact me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thanks so much, Allison. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed talking with you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And if it did make you rethink your perception of Christian fiction, tell me about it. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I always love to hear feedback from listeners. All right. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, don't give up on your book. You may not find its home right away, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have one. Number two, and don't give up on your dream either. There will be days that you feel creatively drained and even bored. Push through them. Number three, genres may have some hard and fast rules, but that doesn't mean you can't break them. Number four, find your writing community. And number five, if you have a teenager or two at home, don't be afraid to name your characters after their friends to embarrass them. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you have any feedback or comments, one really great place to share those is our These Moms Write Facebook group, where you can also share your ideas for future episodes. As always, I would love it if you could like or subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. And if you want to join our podcast newsletter, you can find a link to that in the show notes. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.